that every time we don't know the answer, we would go like, oh, just go ask Darren. You would see one kid and it's like, wow, this kid is a, this kid is a mess. <laughs> one of the things I did not expect in going to the pastorate is that one of the biggest challenges is actually how lonely the, the, the job can be. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Alan and Nathaniel podcast. I'm your host, Alan, with my co-host, Nathaniel, and today we have a very special guest joining us. Uh, let's see. I hope I don't mess this up. So joining us today is Reverend Pastor Darren Sang, the oh. Assistant English Pastor for Cornerstone Chinese Alliance Church, or you That's can call him much, by his buddy. in-game <laughs> Tuesday. Darren is fine, honestly. <laughs> <laughs> so you don't really like it when... Do you prefer when people call you by your full title? Rev. Okay, first of all, it's never like Reverend Pastor. I mean, to the very least, just pick one, man. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, honestly, just Darren is fine. So when people... when Normally when you get introduced... People just introduced you by Darren, or do you, did he go you by the full title? I don't know. I guess it depends on the context. Depends who's introducing me. Like, like, so I mean, um, uh, I mean, for context, so I'm the pastor at Cornerstone Chinese Alliance Church. So I mean, the Chinese side, the more traditional side, often will will refer to me by by title and all as you know, kind of a, um, I, I suppose out of respect, kind of thing. But I mean, honestly, for me, it's whatever. Mm -hmm. I also, I was wondering, what is the inspiration behind the name Tuesday? Is Tuesday? There that? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it came out of like just a, a dumb joke, like a long, long time ago when I was in university. Like I was, uh, I, I was studying with uh, uh, another guy. So my lab partner, we're working a lab. It's like late, late, like late in the morning, early, early in the morning rather. And we're just completely swamped and tired working in this assignment. And we're reading the questions and trying to answer it. And one of the questions just made absolutely no sense whatsoever. It just, we couldn't, like, I, I was just, I don't even remember the question at all. It just made no sense whatsoever. And then so my lab partner just jokingly just said, what, what do we write? Like Tuesday? And then, so that just kind of, and then we just had a, you know, dumb laugh about it at like whatever, 3, 4 a.m. in the morning. And then just, that just kind of came a thing for me so whenever i didn't know what to put down i just wrote tuesday so anytime we put a username i don't know what to put up tuesday <laughs> generic <laughs> autofill kind of thing <laughs> exactly yeah that's, that's my uh, go-to just don't know what to say yeah nice so um you've been a pastor for quite a long time but i believe this wasn't has this always been like something that you've been dreaming to become because you do have a background in like engineering and stuff so um i guess the question today would be like why did you decide to become the pastor or and has this been like something challenging um when you grow up because you know like with like asian parents um these days we have like this mindset of like oh you have to be like a doctor or you have to be like so and so so during that transition has this been like a challenging thing or kind of just give us like a little his history background of like um why did you become a pastor today um, so no, I mean, I never, it never was my kind of plan to become a pastor or enter the ministry or anything like that. I mean, honestly, like when I think of it myself, like it's just a typical guy, just a regular kind of person going about their, their own thing. And then, so yeah, I mean, I, I grew up in a Christian home and all my parents are Christian and all, uh, went to church, but yeah, the idea of entering the pastorate or the ministry was never something that occurred to me. So yeah, I went into engineering and then uh, started working as an engineer after. So I graduated and then came out, started working. But the I guess the more the the transformative moment or I don't know the the big thing that happened was just coming out of university and coming back home. So I went to Waterloo. So when I moved back here to to Markham to Toronto. Um, I was just kind of just trying to figure out, okay, so what now, hmm. right? Like, what do I do with my life now? How, how, in what way can I kind of serve God? And that was also a kind of a, a time of, um, I guess, personal spiritual revival for me. And as, as I was trying to search and discern, um, what, how can I serve God with my life? Um, so essentially what happened was that, uh, it, it, it came across to me the idea that, oh, why don't I go on a, you know, short-term missions trip? And at that point in my life, I had never gone on one before. Um, mm -hmm. So a few, uh, there's a whole bunch of things that happened, but I mean, the short of it is that I, I decided to check it out, go on a missions trip. And um, it was interesting because the process of finding a trip cause was, uh, was actually already, I think, um, a godsend because at that time, um, 
this was a, I remember it was a November timeframe, hmm. probably around, I don't remember 2011 or 12 or something like that. Uh, 2011, I think. And, uh, my, my previous church, they had like this missions conference. So they had the missionaries come in, speak, share and all that stuff. And then afterwards they also, uh, invited a whole bunch of different missions agencies to set up a booth. And so to, you know, share about what you can do and stuff like that. So I went to that, that kind of, uh, th those setups and I gave my email to anyone who would take it whatsoever, just thinking, all right, well, I'm, I'm going to check it out. So let's see what there is. So I gave my email to anyone who would take it. And then lo and behold, only one group actually emailed me back. And there's like a dozen groups there. Mm. Uh, I never heard back from any of the other people. Um, so, and then they, they, they said, Hey, Darren, you know, we have one, one trip. Uh, would you be interested? Uh, so for me, it was like, okay, well, God, you're making this rather simple for me. So one choice. And I was like, okay, I'll take it. So I went on it and that throughout that trip, it really was an eye opening experience as to just, um, the, the, the need in the world and the in particular need for the gospel. And, um, from there, it really kind of opened my eyes to considering, um, doing the ministry. Mm -hmm. Uh, I mean, at first I also contemplated other things. I, I was thinking, okay, I have an engineering background. Can I use that somehow? Um, and then um, part of me really also wanted to consider doing missions as well, going myself. Um, so after that, there was a lot of consulting and a lot of talking and discerning with my uh, then pastor. And then he uh, suggested that, why don't you go to seminary and study and to learn and to, to grow and, and kind of prepare yourselves that no matter where, wherever God calls you, whether it is to the missions, mm -hmm. uh, to the missions field or, or even just to a, the local church and whatnot. So I did that. Uh, I decided to quit my job of engineering and go into full-time seminary back to becoming a student again. Mm -hmm. um, and then, yeah, that's kind of how, how it happened. So after that, I, I got started interning at, at our church and then now fully employed there. And uh, yeah, that's the that's a shorter version, <laughs> a longer <laughs> short version of how it came to be. Um, yeah. Hmm. So I guess. Oh, you asked my. Sorry. Go ahead. Go ahead. No, go for it. Go for it. I was just gonna say you also asked my, how my parents and all that felt, right? Um, like my parents at first, I think just like anyone, there's like, what is this? What is going on? Like you, you have a you know. A very good going kind of career in engineering. Why, why you want to do this? And it, it was definitely some challenging conversations at first. But I mean, nowadays they're they're very supportive. My entire family they're they're fully supportive of of me and the pastor. Actually, my cousin's also a pastor too. He became a pastor shortly after I did. So yeah, mm -hmm. definitely supportive. Wow. Yeah, that's cool. I guess um, just to follow up, like family asked questions because you left a career to become a pastor did you ever have any like personal doubts um about the decision um honestly i thought about that i was thinking about do it did i really did i have any doubts and i, I have to i don't think i really did like for me it it, it just seemed like yeah why not <laughs> why why not go go all in and, and do this kind of thing because I, I don't know like I think part of me when I was working as, as an engineer, I also felt a bit of a imposter syndrome. Like it didn't feel like I quite belonged there or, mm. um, and all that. Um, I mean, I, I was a decent employee. I, I, at least I think I was, but <laughs> it, it never felt quite as fulfilling as I wanted it to. And then, so I think when, when God opened the door, uh, to, for me to do this or rather invited me into doing this, it, it, it just felt like the right thing to do. Um, yeah, so no, I don't think I really have any regrets or, or doubts in, in making that decision. I definitely would do the exact same thing all over again. I wouldn't wouldn't change a thing. Yeah, that's really cool. Yeah. Um, so I guess now that you've worked in ministry for a while, you kind of you have experience in it. What would you say are some of the um, like the more difficult or challenging parts of it that someone who hasn't done it before wouldn't necessarily think of? Um, actually, okay. I'm curious. I'm curious though. What do you guys think are the most challenging things for the past? Before I give you my list, I'm curious. What, what do you guys think? Like, I mean, you both have a church background, so I'm curious. What do you think is the toughest thing for a pastor? I would say one of them discipline, maybe. Okay. Ooh. 
um, maybe counseling people who are in very difficult situations in their personal life or in their spiritual life would be would be difficult. Yes. Okay. Yeah, I would I would agree too. Um, definitely, there's time where, like, I find myself not being fully confident in like the things I want to say or things I want to share, and that's definitely like a challenging part, especially when I want to be able to help a certain someone or just counsel them, but you yourself you're not sh- too sure of the answer, so. Um, there's an ongoing joke at our church that we always tend to do on uh, the Daniels that every time we don't know the answer, we would go like, Oh, just go ask Darren. <laughs> we, we always just refer to that. And then see, yeah. see the thing though, is that whenever you guys do that, I always just say, what do I say to you? Well, what do you think? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, that is hard. I mean, it definitely doesn't, but I mean, like, like I just kind of demonstrated, I don't really know the answer either. Um, <laughs> But I don't know. I don't think that's really the that for me. It's not. It's not that bad because I mean, honestly, actually, if anything, I'd say that that's one of the joys that come with the uh, the pastorate in that I get to walk alongside people and kind of struggle together. Mm-hmm. I mean, part of it is that none of us really have all the answers of exactly how things will come to be and, and what to do. Um, but but having the opportunity to pray with people to sit with people is actually, I think, it's great. I mean, honestly, I don't always have. I, I do not always have all the answers, Alan. I don't know what you guys are talking about. <laughs> uh, um, and some of you guys have caught on that I just asked back the question of what do you think? <laughs> um, yeah. Actually, I think for me, one of the things I did not expect in going to the pastorate is that one of the biggest challenges is actually how lonely the the, the job can be. Mm. Um it's kind of ironic, though, at the same time, because, I mean, you're working at the church, you're surrounded um, by people. But I think one of the biggest challenges is just the emotional side of it, the lon- the emotional loneliness, because uh, I'll give you an example. Like, you, it, you can't really, you don't really know where to draw the lines between who is your friend and who is just kind of there, uh, that who just looks to you as the pastor, right? Like, yeah. um like it's a it's a weird thing in that people kind of don't treat pastors i feel sometimes as human beings and that's kind of how how why i just kind of started off with saying you know i'm just i just saw myself as a regular typical kind of guy who just decided to enter the pastorate but nothing really special um apart from just you know go stepping out in obedience and in faith to do this mm-hmm. but then i think what people do is that they kind of set 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 you up on a pedestal and um so then when you're interacting with people, you don't really know if they really are your friend or they're just responding in such a way as uh, because you're a pastor. And I granted, like uh, one of my previous pastors, he did give that give give me a bit of wisdom in saying that at the end of the day, like the people of my church, they can't all be my friends. Um, actually, what, what they need me to be is to be their pastor. And so it's really challenging because like these are the people you're you're walking beside, you're growing with, and and you want to have a close kind of relationship with them. Mm-hmm. Um, but at the same time, you can't be fully, I guess, fully yourself, fully open with everything with them. Um, you kind of have to always just kind of have that hat on of yeah, I'm also your pastor. Um, so it's challenging, and I'll tell, I'll show you, I'll share you with you a few, a few things like. I remember one time, um, I'm definitely not going to say any names or anything, but like I, 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 what was it? Uh, we were out and then, um, I was with, with them and then they introduced me to, uh, someone and they, and they said, and this person said to the other guy, uh, oh, this is Darren. He's my pastor. And then the guy's response was just, oh, that's so weird. You guys are hanging out together. Right, it's like, <laughs> hello, I, I'm right here. <laughs> but I mean, that's the thing, right? People think there there's some sort of line that you you know a pastor shouldn't be hanging out with regular people, kind of thing. Or, or I'll tell you another thing. Uh, like one time, it was, just, it was online over Discord. And like we're playing games. I'm not gonna say who again. Um, but yeah, someone said, "Oh, I'm playing with with my my pastor." And then the guy, someone in the background, was just like, "Oh." 
<laughs> and that's it. I mean, yeah. that's all. Or even here, I'll give you another one. Not to throw anyone on the bus here, <laughs> but you know, people people who come up with like a, a Twitch stream title, teaching my pastor how to play Valorant, <laughs> and then getting all the views from that. I mean, like, you see what I mean? Like, yeah. <laughs> again, I, I don't mind that, but but like, it's kind of that weird kind of thing, right? Like, like, yeah, I, I kind of want to be like be friendly towards people and kind of have that relationship, but at the same time. You're, you're always seen as the pastor, right? So I think out of that, it can also, it can be very lonely because I don't know, you guys growing up in the church, like the people in the church around you are your, like your closest people. You can talk to them about everything and anything, mm. but that's not something that I have the the privilege or, or ability to do, right? Because, <laughs> you know, if, if something upsets me at the church and I tell people in the church about that, that could cause a lot of problems. <laughs> Yeah, it's, it's interesting that you mentioned that because when, when Alan was kind of telling me about the possibility of you being on the podcast and stuff, and he was kind of introducing you to me, he said he's, <laughs> he's really chill. He plays games with us sometimes. Like, yeah, like, no way. I thought he was a is, he, is he allowed to do that? Could a pastor do that? <laughs> yeah, that was, that was my reaction. So it's interesting that you bring that up. Um, yeah. But yeah, even like recently, our church um, had kind of an overhaul. Um, the, the elder board um the previous elders left and we brought new elders in uh, and one of the things that they were emphasizing was when you're an elder um you never take that hat off like whatever situation you're in you're always an elder um which is yeah i guess it's in the same vein um, yeah and it almost informs the way you you interact with people so, yeah i, see I mean I, yeah coming i mean coming from that is the other challenge is the it's the high expectation right like whether you're an elder a deacon or or a pastor there there's always that high expectation to do the right thing say the right thing and and the struggle that is is wrestling then with my my own our own kind of shortcomings because mm -hmm. i know myself real well i know i i screw up all the time i'm a sinner like everyone else and and far 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 from perfect um so it's also just wrestling with my own shortcomings when there are also very high expectations yeah so i guess um uh, leading off of that question, you talked about it a little bit. Um, what would you say are kind of the most fulfilling parts about working in ministry from your experience? Yeah. Um, yes, certainly. Despite all the challenges and, and all that stuff that I was talking about, like there, there, there comes with so much amazing things and so much joy out of, out of serving. I mean, part of it, I think is just simply seeing people grow. Um, so, I mean, I've been with Cornerstone for since, uh, well, I started interning in 2014 and then full-time in 2016. So I guess five years full-time and six -ish, or six, seven years in total. Um, and it's amazing just to see how people have grown and changed over the time. And basically just being able to see God at, at work in the lives of people. I mean, it's so encouraging whenever, uh, you know, you, you see one kid and it's like, wow, this kid is a this kid is a mess. <laughs> but then, but then, you know, a few years later, it's like, wow, you know, this guy, this guy wants to lead now. This guy wants to step up. This guy, look, I mean, look at how much he trusts God or whatnot. And, and it's such an encouragement to be able to, to see people grow, to walk a lot, walk alongside people. And, and it, again, it's journeying with them through all the highs and the lows. So the, even the hurts and the pains and the challenges. Um, but then you also get all the joys, um, like next year, I get to perform a whole bunch of weddings for the folks at our church. And I mean, that's so exciting to be able to walk alongside people uh, for stuff like that. Or even just like yeah. knowing whenever people actually like learn something. Because uh, I mean, another big fear I have is like, am I really making a difference? Um, but then, but then, you know, when, when you actually catch on that people actually listen, people actually hear something that you say, it, it's such an encouragement. Mm -hmm. um so like uh just a couple of weeks ago uh my wife jackie um so she was sitting in uh, sunday school with a bunch of you guys and then afterwards on the drive home she was telling me how huh a lot of the people quote things that you say <laughs> and then and then it, like she was saying oh yeah yeah you know you know alan you know said that you, you said this to him once and then and then emma was like oh you, darren prayed for me like this once or something like that and then it's like wow okay people actually i mean i don't even remember the things i say but i mean when people actually you know listen and they it actually changes and or impacts their life in such a way it's it's such an encouragement mm -hmm. it's it's such a joy 
Yeah. Um, I guess. Yeah. Sorry, you were saying. No, go for it. Oh, I was just gonna say like, like you talked about like some of the challenges and like sometimes feeling like alone. And do you ever feel like you're obligated to always respond to, um, like people who come come up to you and you know they have like questions or you know they're dealing with something. Like, has there ever been a time where you felt like you just couldn't do it during that time and you just kind of kindly reject them and go like, I need my own moment? Or do you feel like pressure to always like, oh, I need to be there because I'm this person's pastor or so-and-so? I don't think I've ever felt like, I mean, okay, so there's definitely having times where it's like, I don't want to deal with this right now. But but never that I don't want to deal with it. Mm-hmm. it it's just that, if I may not want to deal with it in that moment because I'm busy with something else or it's just too much on my plate. But I mean, the opportunity to serve and to care for people, I mean, I mean, that's partly why I entered the ministry. Right. So, um, no, I don't, I don't think ever I want, like don't want to deal with people or don't want to respond. Just maybe not at that moment. But I mean, I mean, I think I usually get back to people. It just may not be right away, but I get back to people. Um, yeah, I think I do. <laughs> so how has COVID-19 changed your role in ministry? Like, do you see churches are reopening now? Do you see that as kind of the end of the impact of COVID? Or do you see it as something that is going to go beyond that? I think it's going to take a while to recover. Yeah. Um, I mean, this this pandemic has been going for, what, is it two years yet? Or coming up on two coming years. Up on coming two up on two years. years. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I mean, that's a lot of time. That's a lot of damage. Um, and really, churches have really been o- only opening up this past, what, half year or so, maybe? Um, yeah, I mean, my view is that the church really is not meant to be online. I mean, th- there needs to be a ministry of in-person, of being with one another. That it's just not the same when you're when you're online over Zoom or, or whatever. Um, I think one of the biggest challenges, and this was something that I was praying about, and even just leading our, our other leaders to to pray about and discern, was there's going to be there's going to be a time, and I think we're already there, but just dealing with the challenge of discerning where do you draw the line between what is safe and what is the idolatry of safety. Like, it, I, don't don't get me wrong, like, we, we do want to be safe, like, I, yes, you know, the, the, the COVID-19, all this stuff, it is dangerous, it is causing death, and it is horrible. Mm-hmm. But then, where do you draw the line between, you know, we, we've put in together all the, you know, the best protocols and practices, whatever the government says, we're doing it, um, and where do you draw that line between just, I don't want to risk getting sick at all so i'm just gonna you know be a recluse or lock myself up or never st- i don't know whatever kind of kind of thing and i think that's the challenge that, that we're dealing with in the church right now for for some not 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 everyone but like even the way we open up and what we want to do or start doing this is the question we have to address and it's 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 hard to ride that line yeah yeah i think even you say the idolatry of safety i think sometimes it's even the pretext of safety like um people i think almost use it sometimes because it's more comfortable to stay at home um it's more comfortable to uh, watch church uh on your tv at home with your coffee and stuff like that i'm not saying everyone but um i think for sure that has been an issue yeah yeah and that that exactly is is the problem in that i don't no one wants to say it that i mean who who's gonna say oh i'm idolizing safety but Mm -hmm. It's the thing where everyone needs to discern. And I get it. There are people who are much higher risk. Like if you're, you know, you have an infant at home or you're living with really elderly people. I get it. Like you want to be careful, extra careful even. But then, so then at the end of the day, everyone needs to discern for themselves as to, am I idolizing safety right now? Or, or am I just doing my best? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. So moving from uh, one hot button topic to another uh what do you kind of see as being the church's role in social injustices um like political division that kind of thing what what do you have in mind when you ask that mm-hmm. question like what, what kind of things did you are, are crossing your minds when you say social injustice and or what was it like political division? political division yeah i guess 
because there's been a lot of talk in the past year or year and a half um, about, you know, uh, injustices in our society, like between between races, between classes, um, and then between and then just the division between parties, like especially in the states, you see it very evidently, um, yeah. like Democrats versus Republicans and stuff like that. So do you think um, the church has something like has a specific purpose that they we should be trying to accomplish in that? Like, should we be um, seeking to create unity in that? Should we be um, kind of just excluding ourselves from that and separating ourselves from that? I, I don't think we should be completely separating ourselves. I mean, at the end of the day, we're we're trying to care for people. Like it's not really about um, whatever your social class is, whatever your you know political hat you want to wear or, or whatever. None of that really matters. I mean, what we care about is people who have been made in the image of God. And so, when you look at some of the issues, especially over the past past few years with racism and whatnot, and and those kind of things, absolutely, the church needs to care and be involved into. Uh, fight against um, discrimination of all sorts because um, that in itself is an evil in the eyes of God. Um, so certainly we need to be caring for people. Um, I'm much more cautious though uh, in terms of wearing banners though, like wearing the banner of, of whatever the, the current social movement is because it's also the question of where are its values derived from. Um, as Christians, I think we need to be centered uh, around the Word of God, and that has its own position, which is not necessarily always shared by whatever political movement, whatever social justice movement uh, that's going on. Yeah, no, I, I agree completely. Yeah. Yeah. So the church does need to be put to action. Like we, we can't just sit and sit about it and say, you know, thoughts and prayers. Uh, I mean, definitely we believe in the power of prayer, but I mean, at the same time, we also need to, you know, put our words into action. So, I mean, um, I mean, right now our church, we're doing like the, the a food drive kind of things. I mean, even things like that, it, it is important for the church to be a part of the compassion ministry. I mean, at the end of the day, what are we? We're called to be the hands and feet of Jesus, right? To mm -hmm. actually extend his love his compassion his grace to, to everyone around us and so we ought, we do definitely need to get out of our four walls and to go out there and care for people as well so following up on that do you think the church as a whole does enough um, in that regard from, from just from your from your experience we can always do a lot more um it's very easy i think to be wrapped up within our own four walls and just be caring for our own people. And I think this is always an area that, that we need to be growing in and that we need to be a witness to our uh, communities and not just those within. Yeah, there's always more that we, we can and could be doing. What would you say is the uh, biblical perspective on cancel culture? I, I'm curious because I read this question beforehand. I'm mm. curious, like what, what brought about this question? To be honest, um, I'm not sure. I was just... Uh... Thinking of questions to ask, and that was one of them that okay. came to mind. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, I mean, cancel culture in itself, what is it? I mean, the goal is to call out someone's wrongdoing um, and then remove them altogether, essentially. Is that is that more or less the definition? The... Pretty much my understanding of it. Yeah, okay. Yeah. I mean, in that sense, there's a lot of things I think that, that, that is wrong and not quite a biblical understanding of it. I mean, first of all, well, first of all, what are we condemning people for, right? Like, where are we deriving that, 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 that morality from? Um, and sometimes it's not very biblical what, what people are being canceled for. Um, I think even adding to that, it, it, can, it, it puts a real damper on the whole idea of freedom of speech, Right, like mm -hmm. that, you can share your your view openly, um, and I think this is what one of the tragedies, especially in the academic institution, um, like in the universities, colleges. These were supposed to be places of free speech, of intellectual thinking, and 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 discourse, 
But with the whole idea of, of cancel culture, like if you say something that is against the current tide of the, the culture, then you can't be part of it. Mm-hmm. It's essentially what it's saying. And, and that's a real tragedy because then universities and academic spaces are no longer a safe space to to dialogue and discourse and to exchange ideas, even if someone, you know, has a different view than you. Um, and then even adding on top of that, I think the whole cancel culture, it, it's completely unbiblical because it, it forgoes the whole notion of forgiveness. It, it forgoes the whole idea that people can actually grow. Uh, can you imagine that if we practice that within the church? Like we, you come in, you share with us your, your testimony because you want to get baptized, and we find out, whoa, hold on. You mean in your past you did drugs? Nah, get out. What is that? I mean, there's no forgiveness. There's no grace. There's nothing. It's just you did something wrong in the past, and therefore by our judgment you are condemned. Mm-hmm. Um, it's like cancel culture is just, it's just very quick to judge. It's, and it's even spiteful and even in parts vengeful uh, against people just for having a different view from you or from the current culture. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I feel like I'm just <laughs> ranting on this now. <laughs> no, yeah, I think, uh, I think you're, you're going off. But yeah, it's... Uh, <laughs> I'm on the same side as you for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I ultimately at the end of the day, we, the church needs to be different is that we, we see that there's hope uh, in people and not, not because that the hope is in themselves, but rather because of Christ, because of God. And so we need to be the agents who dispense grace to people um, to, to give people the undeserved second chance, just as we've all been given the undeserved uh, second chance and redemption. Um, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Cool. Well, um, so we have some viewer questions. Uh, viewer questions? Yeah. What is this? Or okay. like listening program. <laughs> um, a lot of them don't want their names to be told. So I'm just going to ask the question. So it's going to be anonymous. So they have some following questions here. Um, some, of these, some of these people are Christians and some of them are not Christians. So the first question here is, um, let's see. Um, so they have a question here that says, how can I trust what the Bible say is true? And then following that question, isn't following Jesus all about following rules? So what is your opinion on this? Okay, let's break that up. What was the first one again? Um, how can I trust what the Bible say is true? For me, part of my journey was examining it. Mm-hmm. Um, I think every person needs to examine it. I mean, Christianity is not based on... Um, or rather, I should say, it is based on evidence. It's based on his, history. Um, there are real things that happen. It's not fairy tale. So, I mean, the first thing I would say to the person is examine it. Um, is it is it is it historical? Is it reliable in what it says? And that, uh, in terms of its content, and then going from there, that's when you then you have to ask the question of okay, so given all these things, if it is historical, if it is um, true then what does it mean to me basically the word the question there is is it the word of god as it claims to be mm-hmm. um and that's the part where sh- sh- certainly there is a degree of of faith and trusting that it is the divine word of god um but just for starters i'd say examine it do you is there is there do you see that there is truth in it mm-hmm what was the second one? Um, isn't following Jesus all about following? About isn't following Jesus all about following rules? I think that's what they're trying to ask. I I think it's actually the other way around, in that when we believe, we choose to do things a certain way. Mm-hmm. We we desire, in fact, instead to live our lives in a certain way because of how we've been changed by Jesus. So it's less so about here are the rules, now follow them to become a Christian, but rather because I'm a Christian, I love to do these things. I love to serve God. I love to to give glory to him and to grow, to become more Christ-like. Um, yeah, I, I would approach it the other way around. Mm-hmm. Um, and I guess the second question I, you kind of answered it in the beginning about like the importance of church and how your view on um online churches and you preferred that that 
church shouldn't be online. But in your opinion, what is the church all about? What is the church all about? <laughs> uh, the church is the agent by which God has chosen to make his presence known in all the world. Um, the ch yeah, the church is here to represent God and to uh, point people towards him. Um, so in how we do that, there, there's, well, there's a lot to be said. Um, but, but at the end of the day, this becomes then a business of people. It's caring for people. It's loving people. It's show, pointing people to the truth of who God is. Um, and so a lot of that, it, it's hard to do when you're just strictly online. Mm -hmm. Um, like there's a, there's a big difference. I, I, like to give you an example, like. I remember when we first started to do the whole online thing, like I was talking with, um, who was I talking with? I don't know, someone, mm -hmm. um, about whether I probably, probably pastor Joe about, you know, how much singing we should be doing because let's be honest, we know that everyone watching from home, they're not singing. <laughs> they're, they're, they're probably just kind of rolling out of bed because the music means it's almost time to pay attention to the sermon. <laughs> It's not quite time to start yet. Mm -hmm. Let's be honest. <laughs> There's a lot of people I think, or not everyone, of course, but I mean, I, I know for a fact there were many people who were like, oh, worship time is just, that's, that's when I start brushing my teeth. <laughs> um, and we lose out so much in, in that. I, I can't tell you how many times I've been in a church or some sort of service or whatever, where the singing the, simply the presence of people singing mm -hmm. has been such an encouragement uh, to me. Um, like one of the one of the greatest joys of of worship and singing is that, especially when we're singing the truths of the of the of the, of the scriptures and these encouraging words that the songs offer, it's really an encouragement to those around you. Especially if you've been having a rough day and you're struggling to worship God that Sunday morning hearing all your brothers and sisters around you sing and encourage you with these truths, man, it is uplifting. Mm -hmm. And you can't, you don't have that when you're sitting by yourself at home watching on YouTube, you can't hear anyone singing except for whoever the worship leader is. And, and so we miss out so much on so much when we're just doing this online. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think that's one of the underrated parts about actually going to church in person, because I think, yeah. A lot of people think, well, you still get the sermon when you're at home, so it's not like you're missing out on much. Um, yeah, I, I've definitely heard that. Um, but yeah, I've heard recently the purpose of worship, like in in terms of in church, and um, the purpose of singing. The primary purpose is to worship God, of course, but the second yeah. is to hear each other and to yeah. be encouraged by one another. Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah. I think I mean the sermon is important, absolutely. I mean that's why it takes up the bulk of our service, but it's the entire, you know, hour, hour 15, hour and a half, however long your worship service is, the entire thing is part of the worship service. It's not just the, the 30 minute, 40 minute sermon. Um, yeah, it, it's, it's not enough just having the sermon. It's not enough. What is the most interesting sermon you have ever heard from a pastor or something that you can, like a powerful sermon that I guess, like, I think they're referring to like, um, that touched our hearts or like that spoke to us the most? I, off the top of my head, I, and uh, unfortunately I don't remember the full details of it, but I, I definitely remember enough. Um, I was at a conference and uh, the, the preacher was Kevin DeYoung. Mm -hmm. um, and he went on this 45 minute long, hour long message on the immutability of God. Uh, defending an argument which basically means god does not change the immutability immutability and it was so over my head i understood maybe 20 30 percent of what he was saying but it was just his love for god how big his view of god was mm -hmm. um and how he he 
he just expounded the word of God and expounded who he was. That that was, it, it really kind of, I don't know, sent me back because the amount of research, I think the study and the scriptural uh, work that he put into that message, what just really kind of spoke to me on his heart, his love for God's word. Um, but I mean, yeah, the content of the message itself, it, I mean, there was a final point in it that, that actually struck, struck a chord for me. Just talk about how if God doesn't change, basically, then He's still with us today. Mm-hmm. Uh, he put it much more eloquently than I am <laughs> right now, um, but it, it was just—it was just a very encouraging and very memorable sermon, at least off the top of my head right now. Anyway, mm-hmm. yeah, I'll go with um, a message I heard pretty recently because I can't think of the most impactful one I've ever heard. So I'll just go with a recent one. Um, I heard a message recently about it was just about the nature of genuine forgiveness and the uh the speaker used the example of philemon in the bible which is one of the lesser known stories but the gist of it um there was a man um and he had a servant the servant stole and fled from his owner or his uh i guess yeah his owner i, think, I believe he was a bond servant um yeah so he stole and fled from his owner and eventually the bond servant found paul the apostle um, became a Christian and Paul sent him back to his previous owner to basically seek forgiveness. And Philemon, we believe, ended up forgiving him. Like, it's not really, we don't read that anywhere, but the, the evidence points to the fact that he probably forgave him. Yeah. Um, and I just think that's pretty wild because if someone betrayed me in that way and like humiliated me in that way, it would be very hard to forgive, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's, I think it's humbling just to understand how much we've been forgiven and therefore we are called to forgive or we would, like the Bible says, he who has been forgiven much would, I forget the exact wording of it, but someone who's been forgiven a lot would be more willing to forgive mm-hmm, um, right. if they're aware of how much they've been forgiven. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that's what I would say. Mm, nice. I think, I think for me, uh, I want to say it's like, well, I think it was impactful, but it was definitely more interesting. So not this week, but I think two weeks ago, um, our church recently had um, our baptismal service for the English and Chinese side. And I was responsible to be the photographer for both English and Chinese. So, you know, English is fine. And, you know, I understood what everything. And then once I got to the Cantonese side, I had no idea what was going on. They gave me like this, they gave me like a run rundown and everything, but it, it's very different because so what? With the English side, um, we go through the baptismal service first, so everyone get dunked first, and then the, ser- the service so they can listen. But on the right. Cantonese side, everything is flipped. So they have the service first, and then they get dunked and stuff like that. But it was weird because I just remember sitting there, and like Pastor Brian was like preaching, but it was he wasn't preaching in English, and I don't speak Cantonese at all. But... I think it was just really interesting because even though I was just sitting there and I was pretending to understand what he was saying, I felt like I understood what he was saying, if that makes sense. Like, okay. just sitting there, it's like God's presence was just there and strong. And, like, even though I have no idea what he was saying, but I think I have, like, a general idea of what, what the context is, is about. And I think it's just, it's, it was, like... There's like I just remember Pastor Ryan saying like one English word, and I think that basically summed up like the entire message. Um, he was just talking about like um, like the baptism and how things work, and then how God loves us and stuff like that, and how God is with us. And it kind of just gave me like a reminder of like it just reminded me of like when I got um, baptized and how things work, and kind of just remember of like my journey with faith and things like that so i that message that message was like impactful in a way where it was like more so of like a reminder of like um how far i've i i'm grown i guess as as a a christian and it was really just a reminder of like um how like i remember like during that time i was like at my spirit i was like the highest point of my spiritual life and it definitely gave me like the mindset of like is there a way that um um, what am I doing now that is different and what am I doing what did I did before uh, in the past that I was able to achieve um, that certain spiritual high and I want to be able to um, witness that well not not the baptismal part again but being able to uh, stand strong 
in my faith like I was like uh, when I was like during that time. So that was definitely an interesting thing. Like everything was in Cantonese, but like I some like that's the the message and the thing that I kind of got for myself. And I just find it interesting that like I took it in like that. I could be wrong. That could be, that couldn't have been the message at all. But you know that's what I took from it. And I think it's pretty interesting how like God works through you, and He just lets you realize um, the things. So I was like, yeah, this is this is pretty cool. <laughs> yeah, all right, that's awesome. Mm -hmm. all right. So we are currently hitting the fifty minute mark. So I guess if you have any like uh, closing thoughts or anything that you have to share or any questions you have for us. Um, yeah, feel free to just answer and then we'll just close on from there. Um, give me a minute to think. Yeah. I had something before. I, I, I don't remember it now. See, this is my problem. My memory is, is just awful. Unless <laughs> I write them down, I, I don't remember it. Um, mm. Yeah, I was talking with someone, okay, this is not even related now, but yeah, I was, I was talking with someone yesterday because I was also just thinking because I, I listened to your, your your first episode, like your most important app or whatever on your phone, mm. the calendar, the uh, calendar. Yeah. If yeah. I don't have my calendar, it's done. I'm done. I'm, I'm useless because I don't know <laughs> yeah. what's coming, what's next, what's, what's, yeah, uh, that's it. Uh, yeah, so for me, the most important app is, is my calendar. Mm -hmm. Um yeah, or let's sort of write things down. I don't remember. Mm -hmm. I think I don't know. Like it, it's a really cool opportunity that you've given me here, me here to to kind of share about kind of I don't know. Call it. I guess is it, is it a behind the scenes look? Sure. Kind of. <laughs> I don't know the life of a pastor. Um, I, I don't know. Like it, it's 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 really nice to be able to to you know to to share kind of that behind the behind the scenes kind of look because I think yeah, no, most people don't really see that kind of side or, mm -hmm. or they really think about that kind of side so i mean if i was to encourage anyone who's listening like if you have a church or your pastor uh you know take the time to encourage them uh, as well pray for your pastor because mm -hmm. i'm telling you they need it um, especially because this is a very challenging time not not only the context of the pandemic but even christmas time is, is also a very hard time um, because it's a very busy time because, you know, as everyone's kind of winding down for the break, we're kind of ramping up to to get all the Christmas stuff ready, the Christmas Eve services. And then, you know, for me, it's like, oh, everyone's coming back from out of town. So I got to think, okay, do I want to meet up with people and connect? Um, so, you know, it's it's an important time to also be encouraging and praying for your, your pastor and your elders, your deacons, those who are leaders, because um, they, they definitely put a lot into serving. Mm -hmm. especially this, this time of the year but but not only that i mean um just to encourage others in this time of christmas as well because i think one of the things we often forget about is that uh there's a lot of people who are also hurting in, in the times of christmas mm -hmm. um, especially with the the past year two years of of covid um, this could be for some families the first time where a loved one is not going to be around the dinner table on Christmas Day, on Christmas Eve, or whenever you do your Christmas thing, and that can be a very difficult and, and hard time for for people. Um, so, you know, we talked about. Well, I mean, it's not a social justice issue, but I mean, simply caring for people. Um, yeah, so I encourage folks who are, who are listening to to you know take the time to. Think about who might be in need and you can extend love to and care to, uh, especially during this kind of Christmas time, because there are hurting families. There are people who are struggling mm -hmm. and could definitely use the encouragement, especially because Christmas can also be a very lonely time for, for people who are missing family or, or friends or, or whatnot. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I pray that we can all really be uh, loving, gracious people, Christ-like people, especially in this Christmas time. Yeah. It's great. Yeah. I would also say uh, tune in next week if you want to see us talk about paint substitutes and uh, rank those up for you. So. I look forward to it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, well, thank you so much for joining uh, us, Nathaniel and I, on this podcast. You know, I was actually surprised that you agreed to hop in. And, really? Like, yeah. Well, like, I don't know. Because, like, I remember, like, 
I was actually surprised with how people would react to. Like, I only briefly mentioned it to the people that, oh, yeah, we have Darren coming on and stuff. And then, I don't know, because, like, when people, like, hear about, like, like, pastor, like, they always think it's, like, some, like, old old dude and, like, you know, just preaching and stuff like that. But that's it. That's what that's what I'm saying. Like when I when I introduced We're human beings too. Yeah. When I when I introduced you, like now now that you mention it, I'm like, yeah, I I do introduce Darren a lot like that. I was like, oh yeah, he's just a chill 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 pastor. I I I don't I don't I don't think I'd say a chill human being. I say he's a chill pastor. So I I would always refer you as like like a pastor and then your name. Like I I remember like every time I would introduce you, it's like what I should I just introduce? I remember there was this one time you. Uh, we were playing games together, and I introduced you to my friend, and then I introduced you as Pastor Darren, and so and then you just said, "Just call me Darren." So it's just like, yeah, I think it's definitely that mindset that I always have. That uh, yeah, maybe I should just start saying, "Yeah, he's just Darren no, guy. He's just a normal Darren fine. guy." I mean, at the end of the day, like I said, we we're we're I I am both pastors are both. Mm-hmm. I mean, we are regular guys, but then at the same time, we we do have that that desire calling passion whatever you want to call it to to pastor and to shepherd people yeah. so it's it's the i mean it comes with the job i guess the challenges of it and but also the joys of it mm-hmm. yeah well you can follow uh nathaniel I on our personal instagram account at the real alan chen or nathaniel.stainton and we also have our own instagram page at Alan and Nathaniel podcast. If you want to send us question topics or you know things, uh, just DM us or send it. Or you can even send it to our email at Alan and Nathaniel podcast at gmail.com, I think. But yeah, um, and uh, I don't know if you want to plug yourself, Darren, or you can come to Cornerstone Chinese Alliance Church. Come visit us. <laughs> and- yeah, sure. Come on by. We have our Christmas, what is it, Christmas Eve Eve service, December yes. 23rd. I don't know. When are you even releasing this? It may be past, will it? <laughs> nope. I, no, I won't. It'll, okay, I think it'll well, be just be around that week. Okay. Yeah. Well, Christmas Eve Eve service. Uh, what is it? Seven thirty. It's a Thursday. Yes. When, when's Markham Hope? Do you guys have your own Christmas Eve service sometime? It would, it'd be on Christmas Eve. Yeah. Christmas so twenty fourth. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Go 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 to a church. Go figure out what Christmas is actually about. Yes. <laughs> yeah. All right. Thanks, guys. Bye. Bye. Yep. Yeah.